from Alaska, Grim After Dark, starring John and Danny. What's going on, everyone? I'm assuming everything started now. Uh, welcome, welcome. Uh, today, Nathaniel Hanny joins uh, Danny and myself to talk about the current state of the meta. Uh, Warhammer Fest, the Seattle Tacoma Open. Uh, my name is John. It's pretty grim after dark. Uh, my co-host today needs some introduction. He's so irritated by my weekly attempts uh, jokes that he's actually packing up his army to come kick my ass in person. Uh, it's Danny McDevitt. <laughs> What's up, Danny? You know, the more that you react with rage, the more he's going to do it. I know. <laughs> just, I can't help myself. I'm just... <laughs> I'm probably being overly sensitive. That's fair. That's fair. Hey, uh, Danny, well, we're just going to skip through some. Go ahead and introduce our guest. Our guest tonight is a guy who writes stuff um, also, he's on podcasts. Um, sometimes uh, he has, sometimes his face appears, and sometimes you just get to read his words. He has a beard. Um, and <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So tonight we've got. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't you dare. Keep going. Like, I love the, that you're putting the Seinfeld meme level of detail into this introduction. What shampoo does he use? He's well known for microwaving tea. Um, he also is known sometimes for writing articles for Frontline Gaming about uh, statistics and Warhammer 40,000 specifically, but no other games, um, at least not to my knowledge. He may have another career somewhere that we don't really understand. Um, so tonight, we're pleased to welcome uh, Nathan Henning. Nathan, welcome. Going on. <laughs> Man, I love it. this this music is on point. I love it. And guys, <laughs> chat, please be aware. Uh, Nathan is now a doctor, so if you have any medical questions, <laughs> throw them in there, and we will absolutely ask him. As all doctors are one and the same. Um, the doctor mm -hmm. is in, guys. Uh, massive week. We're not going to be able to hit on everything, but we are going to touch on some of the GW uh, Warhammer Fest reveals, uh, the Seattle Open. We're going to dare to look at Daka Daka a little bit. Uh, and also, we're going to put on our detective hats. We're going to solve a crime. Uh, that's what we're going to do this week. Danny, you look you look concerned or confused. I mean, are, what kind of a crime is this, John? Is it? Well, we did have a wonderful discussion before going on air about I think it was a morality versus legality. Um, <laughs> it was a little over over my head here, but it's 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 fun. Well, we'll get it going here. Um, Last week, though, was a massive week of reveals with new Chaos models, squads, we had some Heresy, even some new Age of Sigmar models. So let's start by talking about Warhammer Fest. Um, Nathan, what are some of your thoughts on the reveals uh, before we kind of move on to some of the more specific things here? So we finally are starting to get into the Year of Chaos, apparently halfway through the year, maybe, eventually. I don't know. They didn't really say when anything was coming out. So mm -hmm. eventually it will That's be fair. the Year of Chaos. But we had Cultists. Possessed cultists, very possessed cultists, and then possessed marines. And then slightly less possessed sorcerers, who are also cultists. Danny, uh, there was, like Nathan said here, a, a ton of new chaos stuff coming out. What were your thoughts on the uh, release of cultists, wave after wave of cultists? Like, yes, you can have two wounds, but all of the models will, in fact, be uh, cultists. Well, John, um, I'm excited to see uh, some more additions to Chaos's repertoire as we started the year of Chaos, technically, with Chaos Knights that releases uh, this upcoming weekend here. Well, um, that's going to be my other question. Does it take a PhD to see the year of Chaos is halfway over uh, four months into the year? Is that some kind of math I'm unaware of? Look, you know, this guy's really good at statistics. I don't want to, like, poke holes in his position or anything like that, but... Uh, um, <laughs> Like, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. Uh, we'll just go with it. I probably, I don't understand statistics very well. I'm just, I'm just still, a simple, simple country boy. We're still and, at over 50% uh, of the year. So it could still be mostly the year of chaos. 
I think if (laughs) I think if I think I feel like to me, if if they if they have chaos releases over the course of like five total months, that's substantial performance for them to say that this is the year of chaos. But you know, hey, I don't know, I don't I don't know that much. Anyway, uh, what was your question again? (laughs) Love it. Good. That was that was. I couldn't ask for a better answer than the one you provided. Um, touching on some specifics, so something that definitely stood out to me as Val skips to slide two as we moved over slide one is the slow release of League of Voltan uh, with this amazing biker model that kind of came out here uh, as part of the range. Um, guys, oh, as, as everything goes away from me here, uh, Nate, what's your what's your thoughts on the biker? So I think somewhere in here we got like some StarCraft vibes off of the bike that that uh, squad is riding. She does have a really cool gun, though. Uh, that shotgun's quite something. But otherwise, it looks like somebody either took a StarCraft bike or took several Castellan robots and, like, broke them into bits and then kitbashed a motorcycle out of it. Yeah. I like it, though. I don't mind it. Danny, that some of the, the aesthetic of Votan and some of the stuff they're going on is that this is maybe what a society would look like if they didn't accidentally lose all of their ability to make new things. Um, what is your takeaway on this new League of Votan Scout Biker? I just want to make sure I understand this question because I missed the yep. last. So, sure. so no, bad. you nailed it. Um, so you're, so the, the supposition is that if society oh never fa- never like fell and we yep. have... <laughs> <laughs> we we have uh we'll we'll have space bikers. That's the future. The future is space bikers, John. Like is that yeah. is that is that where society will go? Um, Guys, yeah, if, no, if you weren't painfully aware of this, Danny is knee deep in uh, finals uh, for his law school right now. <laughs> it's really uh, which you can tell by the way he expertly breaks apart my question to answer something <laughs> completely different. It's it's I really like a the- Wizard of Oz situation with those Votan. Oh. Like, I pretty much imagine that those giant heads they showed us of supercomputers just have a tiny little squat that crawls out of, like, the eye socket or something halfway <laughs> through. And it's like, ha they don't know my plan. <laughs> yeah, what's your take on the biker, uh, Danny? Is it kind of a classic update? I think it's awesome, dude. Uh, it's I really like the hover technology. Like, I think that's great. I've seen some people just do a really terrible job of like adding wheels to it and like a beard to the face of the the female squad because I don't know they probably hate women, but like I, I it think, is a Warhammer model. Well, I mean, hey, it's a it's the Warhammer community, so you know you never you, you have to basically suspect the worst. I think the worst. I think mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you're not wrong. But uh, when you subscribe to Arch's Patreon, you get a 3D SDL <laughs> file for beards. Uh, I, love the, uh, I love the battle beard. Like I think that's awesome. And there's an auto cannon on the front of the bike. That's rad too. Mm-hmm. So I'm all in on these on these on these tricyclists. Yeah, and, of course. And of course, the community really uh, seemed to respond in a mixed fashion, though, with one particularly standing out to me uh, when they commented with, "I love how the blanket blocks the front light." Such amazing design. It stops your enemies from seeing your light source in the dark. Uh, starting with you here, Nathan, what's your thoughts on unrealistic light placement on a flying bike piloted, piloted by a midget space miner? <laughs> well, um, there are people of shorter stature in real life, so I suppose we're not that far off. And then there are those, like, people are making uh, magnetic levitation devices for bikes. So I wouldn't be surprised. We're not that far off from where we should be. <laughs> But really, I mean, I can't believe that people are worried about realism in a game where a guy inside of a tank is holding a chain sword aloft. And the most famous meme of that is, drive me closer so I can hit them with my sword, please. Yeah. Uh, and then, Danny, before we jump to you here, chat, yeah, you, I'm aware. He says, all dwarves have beards, whether they're male or female. That's true, but these aren't dwarves. Uh, these are the League of Votan. Something completely copyrightable and distinct from dwarfs. Uh, Danny, what's your kind of take? Because we're seeing kind of a lot of this. A lot of the complaints we're seeing about the models oh, no. now is that they're they're just like, oh, you have a blanket in front of your light, or oh, I could never float like that. Uh, what's your take of this like hypercriticism? So you just totally stole my thunder here, John. I was going to say dwarfs famously have dark vision. Um, and thus are able to view, are able to see in the dark just fine. Um, so they don't need headlights. The headlight is superfluous. They only use that to blind and confuse their enemies. So 
her blanket placement is totally legitimate. Yeah. Well, and thankfully they downloaded Night Vision from a Votan, so they're they're a okay from oh, that good. there. Um, I just want to show you uh, this guy here. Uh, I, I put this in here. I had a joke to go along with it, but I didn't make the cut. But I just love this guy so much. Slide four. What a, what a handsome boy. Uh, I, look at that guy. Ooh. That's so happy. If we could go back. I, I don't want floaty space things. I want weird looking trikes that look like if it hit a single pebble, it would break the front axles. Nathan, what other units are we going to see for the league? Uh, the Art and the Land Train. Land Train, of course, the easiest entry to do. Uh, but we've seen kind of like a, a core trooper. We've seen the grab bike scout guy. Uh, what else is going to come from the Votan? I'm going to guess that we'll see some robots of some kind, probably with mustache guns. I'm just going to guess. Mustache guns. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and I mean... It might be mustache flamers as well. We might have rockets instead of hair, you know? We might have floating skulls like Votan avatars just floating around the field. You think they'll have beards? Maybe a little bit of both beards and no beards. I assume that the squads are pretty egalitarian and actually True. how they, unlike the real world in the 40k community. <laughs> I really I really want some servo skulls though with beards. Like I think the idea behind that is uh is pretty amazing. But yeah. yeah. Some uh, some Valia servo some Valia uh, pattern servo skulls would be pretty pretty cool too. Yeah, for sure, uh, Danny. What do you hope to see from the league uh, coming up? Oh, so much stuff, John. I mean, obviously, we want to see the aforementioned land train. Everybody oh, wants to see I that. Said you couldn't There's want to see that because that's literally no people who don't want to see the land train, John. Everybody wants it. It's 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 in the book. If only uh, a fool would not want all land. aboard and, that specific hype train. Yeah, choo choo. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'd also like to see some exo armor. Um, uh, that would be pretty cool. Those are the Terminator uh, style. Uh, sorry, Votanians. I don't know. Um, Votans isn't League the members though. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, and I also I would like to see an underground conveyance method. Uh, I want to see maybe some termites for them or something like that. That would be really cool. Um, I, or a dirigible. I want some kind of reference to the old Hell's Angels aesthetic somewhere in there, too. I won't lie. Like, just it, it can be an infantry option. They don't need to be on bikes, but somebody just needs to be wearing a leather jacket with like the sleeves ripped off and yeah. some kind of spiked helmet. Yeah. Please, with a please, beard. Yeah, oh, of uh, course. And just real quick, uh, that's a bad Twitch chat. That's a very bad Twitch chat. Um, I just want to see the fact that there's a Votan uh, is a giant computer server. I just want to see one Votan guy just pushing her around a dolly with like a bunch of like computer equipment strapped <laughs> to it. Like they're taking the Votan into battle with them. Sort of like the a battle hacker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna he's gonna hack the command point straight away from yeah. here. No, he's gonna download some more RAM into the Votan so it can run faster. Like, I mean, that's that's one of their that's one of their actionable goals. It's just a Windows status screen, really, with like this calculation is gonna take thirty eight years. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, or, or they the old... sorry, go. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say their banners will have the uh, the mythical uh, paperclip. From word on it oh clippy oh. Mm -hmm. so they look like clippy you're trying to commit Votan. genocide <laughs> do you need help with that <laughs> we can we can contact the nearest inquisitor for you oh i just yeah <laughs> it Amazing. looks like you're trying to commit heresy <laughs> Guys, that's not the only diminutive dwarfs we saw this week uh, as Necromunda sh showed off a brand new gang of literal squats. Uh, these guys look amazing. Uh, they look, I mean, to be fair, it does look like something fell on their head like in a 1930s comedy and it shortened their neck. Um, but they are literal squats. Uh, Nathan, what's your thoughts on like a sub-faction of squats before we even get the Votan? I just... Like, I like these models, but at the same time, I'm like, can you accentuate them and how short they are? Because they look kind of like they're wearing dad's hel helmet to work. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is this is the kid putting on dad's shoes and walking sadly out the door going and to play pretend kind of is what it makes me think of. Yeah. 
Danny, what was your take on the uh, the, the literal squats that we're yeah. getting in Necromunda? Uh, I was just going to say the same thing as uh, uh, Ligoski. Like, uh, they're obviously pretending to be Juggernaut mm-hmm. um, uh, from Marvel Comics. Uh, but I love these guys with my entire body, and I definitely want a lot of them. I really hope I'm able to take them in my League of Botan army. Yeah, I'm super hyped. The guy with the yeah. hammer is the best. Yeah, they're all amazing. I think the my favorite thing from the skirmish game reveals was the revelation that uh, Ash Waste, of course, being the new expansion for Necromunda, mm-hmm. with vehicle combat coming in, uh, was that 40k vehicles are going to be moving in. So Goliaths oh. and rock grinders and other things like that, cool. because those are just industrial vehicles, right? So yeah. the the quad bikes like or the bikes, the quads, the the Goliaths, they're going to be have rules for use in Necromunda, which I was like, yeah, that's really rad. Um, but yeah, and then for everyone in chat, for Nathan, uh, for Danny who pointed it out, I wanted to bring up this meme created by Evan Van Dyke of uh, Septure of Heroes. Yeah, that, it is just a juggernaut. <laughs> I've seen I'm, I'm the Votan. I don't yeah. want to curse because I'll get you guys like <laughs> explicit text somehow. I don't know. I was going to say, it's uh, the, the, the helmets are what most people are complaining about. People tend to love the bodies, the guns, and everything else there. Is it too squished down? Like, Nathan, you were saying that it was like, you know, you're wearing your dad's work clothes. Um, or does it work with the aesthetic that they're going for? I think also it's the fact that they painted it bright damn yellow. <laughs> like, there's nothing to draw the eye better to this one spot of criticism than painting it the brightest color on the whole model. I mean, Although I kinda... it is very work safe. It's following all the OSHA regulations about right. wearing I mean, proper these guys are minors, right? It's like, true. You have rocks fall on your head. You want a sturdy helmet. It's true. And you want people oh, to man. know you're being safe, so your helmet should be bright yellow. Right. It's true. <laughs> Squats are and famously infertile. Chat coming in, we're talking about ash wastes. Uh, $300 for the ash waste box. Property value is surprisingly high in irradiated wasteland. Guys, you're literally getting all of the terrain you need, the rule book, and two complete gangs. Just take $150 or, or less if you buy it from Frontline Gaming uh, and then just make your make your way that way. It's perfect. Um, see, that means my family's safe because I plugged the, the network. Um, <laughs> That's right, John. <laughs> the assassins have been called on for uh, called off for this week. Shill one more time. We are, by the way, uh, Chad viewers, uh, working on a way to have a shill counter added to the show by popular request uh, of reviews. But in order to do that, we need five more five star reviews telling us we're terrible uh, wherever good podcasts are found. Um, Chaos, though, got a lot of love. You guys were talking about it. We're excited about it with a lot of new cultists. My favorite of which is, of course, these guys here. Uh, which I did add in a, a small comment from the community where they said, these sculpts are a new low. They look like a poorly conceived kit bash with proportions all whack. Who the hell greenlit this garbage? Well, I'll tell you, probably the head of the studio greenlit it. it. was like, yeah, that looks pretty cool. Danny, do you think someone else had power to, to greenlight that there? I mean, whoever they did, they should be fired. Those models are terrible. Uh, wait, like for real? <laughs> I hate them, dude. Okay. Those ones I don't like. I like the other mutated cultists much better. But these just look like somebody went into like, like the auto uh, AutoCAD and just like, or a slicer and just like smushed together a bunch of models. Like, and they're like, oh, cool. This is fine. It's chaos. It'll look great. Uh, Nathan, do you have a bad opinion like Danny, or did you like these cultist models? So I actually prefer the other smaller scale possessed oh. models personally. I. Agree with Danny. It's very like in chaos for them to look like somebody grabbed like Katamari style, like a bunch of bits, a bunch of bits, <laughs> rolled like a ball of putty inside of a bits jar and came up with like, yeah, this looks right, and then cast a miniature out of it. It's very chaosy, but it's not. I love all the other models that they previewed for the chaos stuff. I just oh, don't Guys, love these ones. These are supposed to be horrors beyond your comprehension. When you comprehend them. They just look bad. Just so simply stop comprehending the horrors. Oh, you won't have a problem. No. That's all you got to do. You got to go through the Lovecraft school of uh, miniature ranging here. Uh, Maybe if they weren't painted in quite so bright colors and didn't look so cartoonishly constructed. The best way to do it is to print out your show slides and then they're in black and white because you're too cheap for color. You know, That's right. If you, I think maybe if they were painted like 
all the same skin color, like everything was the same skin color with like maybe like an accent color, they would probably look a lot better. But then they would be uh, man-made horrors within my comprehension, uh, which would ruin it. So what you're saying is we need some fourth dimensional horror paint just for these yeah. models so that when people look at them, their eyes will like start to bleed. They get stigmata Perfect. forming on their hands like that. Yeah. Kind of stuff. At my next tournament, I'm just going to deploy a bunch of bases and I'm going to be like, what's your army? And I'm like, I'm sorry, it's beyond your comprehension. No, you it's can't, just a demon list. <laughs> just simply comprehend it and you'll know what's coming at you. Uh, but guys, apparently some of the community had the same thoughts and feelings as you. Uh, which I'm really sad about because I thought everyone would mindlessly agree with me. Um, they're saying, this is not oh, Grimdark 40K. No. I grew up with anymore. Uh, the 40K from the best years of fluff from 2000 to 2010. Yeah, that was when the game was the best. Uh, with publications like the Taros Campaign, Amphilian Project, Batab Wars. It's the new comic Marvel-like 40K. New 40K where you can shove pretty much everything with a little powder on it? We may have lost John. Yeah, I don't Still really awesome. that. Uh, with oh. better squats, PS2, it's not a rant. I'm just stating the facts. Man, I, I didn't realize that these were facts. I guess we can't argue with them. Yeah. Chat coming in strong, though. Uh, Badab War is hot trash. I think most of the Imperial Armor stuff basically read like a 13-year-old's fan fiction about 40K personally, but that's maybe Ooh. just me. Oof. Well, well, that is a little truer than I want to admit. Yeah, you made you you just did some emotional damage to me. I don't appreciate that very much. Um, younger me is uh, is crying. Uh, <laughs> uh, Older me is crying me. because I would literally describe the Amphilian Project as Jurassic Park with Tyranids, and it gets really sad when someone just describes it as like 40k fan fiction. <laughs> wonderful uh, i love it um so yeah uh i want to ask you guys starting with nathan what is grimdark oh that's hard actually because yeah see i teed I think... up with a bunch of poorly conceived jokes <laughs> then, you're, like, then you're like our questions describe a whole genre by the way is the next question <laughs> I think you can one sentence. Yeah, apparently well, you, you have people coming in being like, "This isn't grim, grim dark. dark. Like this isn't grim dark. That isn't grim dark. This amalgamation of five people into a blob isn't grim dark." So, so it's just what one is person. It's just one person and a beast. That. Or three and beasts. Don't, they all have four normal limbs just hanging out in it. Yeah, most do, but I think grim dark is best explained as like. Not black and white, but shades of gray that tend more towards the darker end of gray when you're looking at morality. So a world with more more bad things. But this is like a real struggle to explain a whole genre in like an elevator pitch. Thanks, th Thank you to the English writing person for coming up with a question you need like yeah. a 25 page paper to answer. I think it's no. My professor gave me five pages or less. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's uh, a nihilistic view on the future and morality. That's all. Oh, I was... back to morality. Oh, yes. Yeah. So very, like, taking all the worst cases of humanity and cranking them all to eleven. So that's yeah. why you have this insanely fascist theocratic regime. Yeah, yeah it, that makes sense. This carves up a worst case scenario with no good guys. Basically, I think there's like one scene in one of the Warhammer crime novels where they walk into a servitor processing plant and they talk about the lines of people who are just like regular old people that the mechanic has grabbed for like random nonsense crimes. And they're like, yeah, you walk through this room and it's just a bunch of people being dismantled and put back together as robots to serve the mechanicus for the rest of their lives. Yeah, that scene, uh, though, if you want to read that, the read it is from one of the Warhammer Crimes novels. I'll remember what it is, and I'll but, try to get... But, Nathan, that isn't Grimdark. That's Grimdark Noir, which is a oh. sub-genre <laughs> of Grimdark. Sorry. I got a, I got a C on my paper because I described a sub-genre rather than the whole genre. <laughs> I got I got a B-plus when I tried to do it properly. Uh, Danny, uh, what, what, if you were the community like, and they're screaming for Grimdark, what do you think they're actually screaming for, and why is it attention? Um, 
Oh, I think so. Like it's, and I don't know. I don't want to put too fine a point on this, but it's it always seems more rosy when you're first introduced to this kind of stuff. And have they interjected some of the humor back into the game? Because that was definitely something they were trying to remove a lot of in, during that time period. I feel like, um, like while you did have things like Doom Rider, um that kind of stuff was pretty far and few between. It wasn't like a second edition orcs code orcs codex, right? It was Damn. like, that was like the exception to the rule. And so um, I think once you, like you introduce people to that and this kind of newer 40 K definitely kind of has that uh, there's definitely some more funny or more ridiculous things happening. And it's not quite, I don't think it's as grim because there's hope for humanity. I feel like in this, yeah. maybe a little bit. Um, even though the emperor is failing and things like that, you have new heroes taking up his mantle. The Imperium is expanding for the first time in 10,000 years. Um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think when yeah. you crank the Grimdark too hard is when you get stuff like Demon Kilaba, which is like way too much. Yeah, and if you um, want an example of what that is, either check last week's episode where Taylor described it in graphic detail, like far more than we ever wanted. Um, and then, yeah, chat, chat pointed that one out as well. Do you want to point out here, uh, Real Dead Rock uh, wants to know when someone tell him, uh, tell him which models to buy so he can win at Toy Soldiers. Um, and as uh, Super Producer Valve correctly pointed out, uh, literally listen to any other show on this network for them to tell you. Um, but <laughs> producer, get the shill counter ready because I want to tell you, buy all of them. And then buy three of all of them from Frontline Gaming. Uh, and then they'll be able to get you taken care of. Buy six so you can have every weapon variation. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. no magnets here. Your goodies uh, at a discount any day of the week. At Frontline Any gaming. day. But not Sundays. Not including Sundays. Um, guys, the <laughs> Demon Prince is here. We got to move on. And all of his glory. And one of my favorite reactions was this guy here. Um, dear GW, you were so close to perfection. You took one of the best sculpts you ever made as inspiration, which is weird that they took a gargantuan squiggith as inspiration for a demon prince. Um, <laughs> and you just fell short. If you only had put power armor, lower legs, and made the tail optional. Um, guys, we've seen the total <laughs> demon prince now with multiple heads, uh, multiple options, things like that. What are your guys' take? Uh, on the new Demon Prince, starting with you, Danny, uh, to give uh, Nathan a little break there. Man, so when we first saw the Demon Prince, hated uh, it. I hated it. I thought it was hated stupid. It. That stupid face with its stupid mouth, like its little beady <laughs> eyes and like its shit-eating grin, I hated it. But now, like that we see it kind of resemble that 3.5 edition, uh, like Demon Prince more with the head. I love the horns. The optional other heads are great. I don't know if there's any other heads. There very well could be. Who knows? It's a. It's probably a fifty dollar. It's probably a fifty dollar kit, and you get wings and swords and it's like all the things. Who cares that it doesn't have lower leg armor? Come on, guys. He that managed to that. He doesn't need that shit. That guy did. He said he needed it. He's wrong. Yeah, um, I do want to say. Uh, Airborne 248, we need an animation of Reese or Frankie peeking into the frame when Shill Counter music goes off. Mina's liable to break the show for the next eight months, but yeah, we do. Uh, that's absolutely something we want to add in there. Maybe like Reese uh, popping up with the counter, like in his hands. Like, I, I like that idea. Like Monty Python style, his mouth yeah. just opens and the number's there. Love yeah. it. You could just give uh, the counter his mustache, you know. Ooh. Oh, that well, only works like half the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nathan, what's your what's your take on this new Demon Prince kit? I actually love this version of the Demon Prince. Similar to Danny, I kind of hate the weird, super toothy grin guy. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. But he does um, live in a society. It's true. He does live in a society, and he is also hated there. Um, but I love this one. I actually didn't think of that Demon Prince sculpt when I first saw the preview, but... Why wouldn't you make something based off of that sculpt? Because that sculpt is amazing. And this is a really good homage to it. It's an evolved homage to it. Because guys, while that sculpt is great, it doesn't look as good compared to modern models. You're going to have to take your nostalgia home a little bit. Just put it on the shelf and no. buy the new one. No, you take <laughs> it out back and you shoot it in the face. 
Nathan, what you can't hear right now is the sound of the dislike button on YouTube being clicked furiously clicked <laughs> that's, that's by really, people defending their 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 uh, thirty year old sculpts that are older than most of our audience. <laughs> and believe me, Nathan, those those guys that are doing that, they have a lot of fast twitch muscle built up. <laughs> from constant internet usage yeah it's just quick <laughs> it's quick i mean i still have some 30 year old eldar models that are still used today that are the current sculpt so well you can't age out of being a warp spider that that sculpt is just plastic <laughs> and can never be improved upon or baharoth or swooping hawks it's true <laughs> exactly uh, guys so the biggest internet explosion coming out of the warhammer 40,000 preview of warhammer fest was this picture right here uh wait it's a bear it's a war bear people went insane because That's there's a literal there's a literal bear uh guys uh starting with you nathan what was your thoughts on this picture that came out why did it capture the minds of people well i mean the first thing that i saw in like five different discords locally was does this mean cat or this mean space marine 2.0 is coming out like right now and i was like it's a piece of artwork guys also, you're missing the best part of it, which is the cyborg bear who is somehow to the right hand side of Gilliman. How did this how did the uh, cyborg bear get to rank? Nathan, I'm so gonna high? correct you there. He's actually uh, stage right, but he's on the left hand side of Gilliman. Oh my god. Sorry. You gotta know where bears are at all times in Alaska, <laughs> sir. You know that better than anyone. It's true. I have seen a picture of a bear in your backyard, and I did wonder if it was Alaska or a zoo. <laughs> it can be both and they're both disappointing um danny war bear thoughts okay so normally i would be loath to be happy about seeing anything that's clearly influenced by john blanche but in this case <laughs> i'll give it a pass um and i'm excited about uh cyber bear being in the picture more cyber bear Make some plastic Australians, make that part of the command squad. You'd make a ton of people really happy. I just want that to be Gilliman's mount in the 10th edition codex. He rides the cyber bear into battle. That's piggyback really style. why he is on the stage right hand side of the Primarch, obviously. You know, of, I am Cato Sicarius Sicarius. <laughs> no, he is right that. behind Cato Sicarius. Maybe that's Cato Sicarius's check. I was also thinking maybe we're seeing a picture of the new Lehman Russ model. <laughs> He's become a bear. He's been in the, the warp so does long. terrible things. It does. Uh, yeah. Secretly, this is and I'm going to use space that. bears all along. We're going to use that from here on out. It'll be like, hey, this is my stage right hand man. Um, but. While the war bear is pretty popular, I did cut out some of the best parts uh, here in this slide here. And we have, of course, the, the war bear on the right-hand side here. Uh, we have uh, Primaris Cato Sicarius, uh, who popped up in the top left-hand side. Is he Primaris? Uh, it just looks like Cato Sicarius to me. I, I want to say uh, that Cato Sicarius is the kind of guy who would pretend to go through the Rubicon Primaris and wear uh, Mark X armor uh, while not actually being Primaris. Is that Mark X armor, though? I... Under the cloak and the bear? Yeah. Is it? I was kind of hoping that he they would try and go Primaris and then just die, <laughs> like so many of the Spurs do. And then Kato we'd be rid of him forever. We're never going to be rid of Cato Sicarius because Cato Sicarius was there first. Kato he was. Uh, before life, there was Cato Sicarius. We also have uh, Gulliman reading uh, what scale-wise is the largest book ever created. Mm -hmm. um, if you look, if you think uh, Gulliman's like, what, eight or nine feet tall, that book is about seven foot wide. Um, so that's why no one sticks to the Codex Astartes because no one's big enough to actually handle it or open it. And the only animal capable of carrying it is apparently a two-headed Canadian goose. It's, <laughs> it's actually no it's birds. Just... It's all pictures. It really is. It's a child's book. It's made of cardboard. Um, <laughs> the paper is like an inch thick. Gilliman doesn't have time to read. He only reads the pictures in his briefing. That's for Chaos of Chaos right there. You know, I'm glad to see that this whole convent, this war convocation is going to be protected against, you know, like cyborg gorilla men. Because uh, if they ever attack, Sicarius will be right there to defeat them. No problem without even trying. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, I have to say, though, guys, my favorite part is, is this part here. Uh, there's a gentleman in the very bottom smoking a cigar beside a guy with very obvious respiratory issues, uh, like a giant asshole. Um, just like right in front of the frame, just, just smoking away inside uh, of all places, too. That, that's um, actually just another smoking device. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we call a, a full face vape. <laughs> that's a, a grim dark uh, vape pen is just a, a face mask. Getting hot boxed all day, every day. Oh, man. That's, uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> it's watermelon flavored. Uh, before we move on here, uh, what else do you guys want to talk about war, about the Warhammer Fest reveals? I mean, there was a ton of stuff there. Uh, what else that we haven't really touched on uh, hit your eye, Nathan? The Necron community got really excited for a brief moment because there's a Necron on the cover of Chapter Approved. Oh, Maybe that yeah. means there will be good rules in that book for the Necrons and they won't it be doesn't. relegated to the Necron tier anymore. No, yeah, the Necron oh, tier is Necron <laughs> tier. a really solid joke. Thanks. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> God, you should be disappointed in yourself, and your mom should be disappointed in you right now. No, it's one out of one, doctor approved and recommended that you go. Oh. Appeal to Le authority. Legally. <laughs> legally. That, that, yourself. That's <laughs> See, only one of us has completed professional school, though, and that is this guy. <laughs> All right, I'll defer to your expertise. <laughs> Denny, what about you? Anything else that kind of stuck out to you there from the from the reveals? Um, oh man, oh, uh, all right. The, the Sons of Hashet. Um, you gotta love a Chaos Dwarf inspired warband in Warcry that has no dwarf models. <laughs> I did like that. It was very inclusive of them to not put a height requirement on worshiping the god. <laughs> <laughs> must be at least three and a half feet plus tall hat to enter true you know and they do have really tall hats and i do appreciate that that about them they do they do uh guys on the downside gw uh, uh did announce that the old world would take like two to three years to come out so not to expect anything however uh that was announced uh, in 2019 uh, as we show here from this Warhammer oh. community <laughs> Uh, which means two to three years from 2019. And I'm, I'm no doctor or, or, or lawyer, uh, but that, that would make it 2025 uh, that we'll start hearing stuff from the old world. Um, I'm so sad for them. Yeah, that math checks out. That, that does. That sure does. Uh, old world when? Who knows? Uh, guys, get that shell counter ready. We are now less than a month away uh, from LVO 2023 tickets going live. Um, they're going to be going live. Get this on your calendars. Monday, June 6th, uh, LVO will be fully up and running this year and be in the biggest and best LVO ever. Uh, we say that every year, but every year it's true. Uh, the Rio will be in full operation. Restaurants are going to be open. There's going to be a lot of updates being made. It's going to be a great time. If you guys have attended LVO 2022, you'll know the Rio is a fantastic venue with an amazing amount of space. Uh, we can't wait to see all of you guys there at LVO 2023. Tickets available Monday, June 6th. Woo! Love it. Moving on. The Seattle Open happened. Uh, not in Seattle. Uh, Art, of, uh, <laughs> Art of War member and all-around good guy John Lennon won the event after three brutal days. Uh, but what caught my eye isn't the fact that Art of War won another major, uh, as they are will to do. But it was uh, this uh, sent to us by a good friend, uh, Eric Rickards. It is the Seinfeld <laughs> Neoprene Objectives. Uh, Danny, uh, could you take us through each individual scene in Seinfeld that those pictures no. <laughs> were taken from? I won't do it. Look, um, I think that these are a lot of really great pictures um, from various different... Uh, I mean, I can tell you which characters these are. Uh, You'd have to look like stage right. Uh, you'll see. <laughs> you'll see. I think the Costanza one. Yeah, I'm sure Every Costanza's time. dad is yelling about the uh, what? What is that holiday they invented? Festivus. It's the probably a Festivus one. Let's be you honest. You guys are Maybe. waiting until I have would, a can Gary in my Stiller mouth is every want time. to yell at many things. I've actually met him in person. Uh, he's a really nice guy. Um, and then. Uh, I think the picture of George Costanza is from the Christmas card that he did. Where he was like, you know, kind of. Oh no, no, it's not. 
No, he's got a colored shirt. I don't know. How can I take one still image and find out where this is from? John, you've given me. That was literally past. your gimmick with the Seinfeld memes. You <laughs> what fake. Do I, what do um, I you look like? Hercules? Like, are you going to yeah. give me these seven impossible tasks? Is that is that is that your plan? Just to make. Well, me I mean, there's six there, objective markers, so yeah, make it harder on yourself, sure. But you can only really truly appreciate the the objective markers when you see them in action, uh, as we see here uh, with this uh, Elaine face on an objective, <laughs> surrounded by tyrannids. Um Guys, I want a set of these so bad. Uh, these are these are great, uh, Nathan. What are some of the best objective markers you've ever seen? Because there's a lot of neoprene ones out there now. So, so this is where not having been to a lot of events, I think, is my downfall. So I'm hoping to go to my first major in Seattle for the Best in Tabletop Open in, at the end of June. So that'll be my first big event that I play at. I did hear that there was somebody who did really well in a FLGN run event who had Taylor Swift objective markers, which oh, I thought was yeah. pretty funny. Little Matt um, Laura, right? Producer yeah. Bob can confirm for us. But... I think these Seinfeld ones are probably the best ones that I've seen just because they are kind of really silly and ridiculous. And most of them are just kind of overly serious and like covered in big text. Yeah. Danny, what about you? You've been to a lot of events. You have that competitive spirit, heart of the cards inside you. What are some of the best objective markers you've seen? Probably some of the ones that uh, Art of War makes people, their their players use where uh, like if they lose a dice bet, they've got to use uh, objective markers with their opponent's face on them. Um, I quite like I quite like the idea of that. Uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, though very expensive if you're not an art of war and going to say a, a thousand person tournament like LVO to have to make. Nobody uh, doesn't sell sets. his likeness cheaply. Let me tell you, I I asked to license it for an objective marker, and he told me it was going to be at least a two year subscription to Art of War in order for me to do that. Buddy, you got to plug and chug. You got to plug and chug. Um, that's a real old reference right there. Holy cow. Um, Nathan, lots of, of uh, not shocking news coming out of the Seattle Open, though, from GW. This is kind of the first major uh, post-data slate, post-Tyranids. Uh, what did you see coming out of it with your white dove wings of statistics? <laughs> That's Dr. White Dove Wings of statistics to you, John. So um, wait, everything you own is called Doctor now too. Yeah, everything. <laughs> this is That's, my Doctor car. My yeah. Doctor microwave for didn't, my Doctor did, team. Didn't doctor, you know, Jason? This is how it works. Everything okay. I own now, everything I order, it's great. His cat, mm -hmm. Doctor cat. cat. It's a hereditary title too. Apparently, so you know, if I have kids, they'll be doctors too. That's how this. You works. can take antibiotics for that. Yeah, and this is not to be <laughs> confused with the cartoon Doctor Cats. Uh, True. No. Or Dr. Pepper, who is in fact not a doctor, and that's True. just Dr. Pepper. Mm -hmm. um, but stats from the weekend, because I don't care about single event stats. So sorry, John. Um, for the weekend, Tyranids did real good uh, with a 70% win rate from just last weekend, which is really good. Uh, right behind them is Harlequins at 69.1%. And then I hate to break it to uh, all the Astra Militarum players or Imperial Guard players, you know, just to cause some controversy and make you two argue with each other. Um, nine of you tried to play last weekend and all of you failed, getting a 28.4% win rate. Congratulations, Guard players. You are, in fact, one of the few factions to have gotten worse despite getting buffs in the balanced data slate. Um, although if we look at every army since the balanced data slate, we have the biggest beat boops of sadness from the Adeptus Mechanicus, who are at a 32.4% win rate overall. No. Tyranids are still number one at 68%, if you can see I am excited for Tyranids to complete the Mechanicus track from tippy-top of the tables to just Necron tier, like right at the bottom, just garbage stuff. Just, the toaster um, tier, if you will. Toaster oh. tier, Yeah. Um, are we seeing though, Danny, like we're seeing a lot of quick responses to these and hopefully after this GW run event where the majority of their top 10 was Tyranids and Wallace O'Donnell, good job, Alaskan buddy. Um, are we going to see kind of an overreaction to this and just like a huge nerf? I hope so. No. 
<laughs> I was like, uh, he's still, he's sorry, still it depends. It depends on the level of embarrassment for GW that they got from this event. Um, like five out of out five, five. five. Come on, was it all five? I thought it was four out of five, but it was five out of the top six at least because there was somebody mixed in there. I just can't remember. Oh who. no, no. So the, f- the going into uh, the semifinals, there was a, a Blood Axe player. Yeah, one um, orc, three sure They lost their last two rounds and they got pulled down because they didn't do wind path for oh, placement after they broke into pods. They just did pure battle points. First, I don't know, for some reason, who knows? Don't uh, do that, TOs out there. That's a terrible <laughs> idea. Don't do I, pure battle points. I don't care what GW says. It's wrong and you shouldn't do it. Use wind yeah, path for like a smart person. It's very weird. Um, yeah, and I'm I like I'm pretty sure it was five for five. It was bad. It was real bad. Um, yeah, it's bad. I part part of me is curious to see what GW's response will be and how fast it will be. They haven't released an FAQ for Tyranids yet, so they could just release an FAQ and cover a bunch of some of the rules that people are getting. Although I heard that at the GW event, they were ruling that Maliceptors get four casts. Yep, during their imperative turn. So you can get the psychic action and then two casts and then another cast from uh, as I count out of frame with my fingers. Uh, so you can get a total of four casts if you use a stratagem, which means you can spit. You look tw- smarter. It's Guys, true. You can get 12 mortal wounds or four casts, four casts, four casts, all cast on 3d6, drop one die and you get to pick the die. So if you roll two sixes and are going to perils, you can be like, nah, I choose not to perils today. Perfectly balanced. And thank you, chap, for letting us know that 70% is barely a C. What kind of doctor stats are you? So one of the things that I want to tell you is that the American grading system is also terrible. Oh, this guy hates American now. I do, wow. actually, kind of, just a little why bit. Why do we have this guy on the <laughs> um, I mean, there are lots of reasons why the United States deserves to be hated, and all of them are recent news that I'm not going to talk about on a 40K podcast show. The political news. <laughs> we can talk. We can talk about some politics if you want, where we can get into the morality of legality of certain procedures that are done. If you look, want. we don't have time to get into politics, nor the <laughs> audience to, to go into politics. But to move on, John, uh, John, to, really, before yeah, we, before yeah, we leave okay. the topic, I think it's yeah. really important. Instead of talking about politics, let's just talk about Warhammer Army's project. Now, our producer Val has linked this on uh, our our chat log, so. Check it out if you're ever interested in playing uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battles, and you're bored until the old world shows up. Um, you know, give it a give it a whirl. People, or you're a boomer and you like Warhammer Fantasy Battles still. One of the two. I mean, that's who he was old. talking to. <laughs> <laughs> they really do be loving that WAP, uh, guys. We gotta we gotta move away from the controversy. Uh, we gotta have no sensationalistic kind of news or comments or anything. So we only have time for a couple of community comments, but we're going to start at Daka Daka, uh, the the oh, most reasonable great. place that we can a find on the internet. Of reasonable opinions. Uh, uh, this guy here says, "I am deeply saddened that GW kept the current absolute GAC mission design." Maybe some of you kids in chat can let me know what GAC is. Um, so unfortunate. Uh, sticking with the current mission design and repeatable secondary objectives equals massive fail. Mike Brandt equals the new Matt Ward. That said, at least GW acknowledges that stratagems are a problem. We'll see how this works out. I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, Is Matt Ward the guy who got death threats because Grey Knights hit 55% for a win rate? No, it wasn't 55% for a win rate. It was 55% attendance. Oh, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Sorry, that sounds so much more reasonable over a game of toy soldiers. I'm sorry, Kenny. (laughs) Yeah, well, let's be fair. It was, it was terrible. He also wrote that piece of fluff about the Grey Knights killing the Sisters of Battle and using their blood to anoint themselves and uh, like oh, you know, protect themselves. That's what Grimdark is. Yes. Oh, I know. Perfect. Being terrible but... to women, yes. As the kids, <laughs> obviously <laughs> what it's about, John. Uh, We've circled guys... around it a lot, apparently. Mike Brandt, uh, he's been pretty demonized, uh, not just here on, on this DACA post, but on some kind of other things like that. Um, what's your guys' views of competitive 40K since he came on board with GW and started kind of being almost like the figurehead of competitive 40K for Games Workshop? 
Uh, and based purely on facial reactions that only I can see alone, Danny, why don't you start with this one? Well, John, so Gak comes from uh, the Gaunt Ghost books, um, wherein it's a slang term uh, for a curse word used by... <laughs> I almost killed John, you guys. It was great. Um... <laughs> you guys have to stop only telling jokes right as I take a sip. I'm <laughs> taking a sip right before you ask me to talk. Danny, I have to disagree with you. I have an objection. Sorry, Tyler. Gak is oh. actually... A like putty-like substance from well, the nineties. If you're using it in its its term as a noun, you're correct, um, well, we, and I'll concede that point. It's also <laughs> is it a capital G or a lowercase G in the DACA post? That it's it's very, a it's a DACA post, and you guys are arguing punctuation. <laughs> Jesus Christ, they can't even get thoughts straight. Let well, alone we've been punctuation. editing a lot of papers lately. Like he's been doing a dissertation, I've been doing all the time. <laughs> dude, it's been crazy. Look, <clears throat> oh, I'm they here. drop back. They drop slime on Nickelodeon. It's also a combination of the words uh, yak and G's. So gag reflex. Yeah, gag, that makes the most yeah. sense. Um. Anyway, oh. this guy is just what a comically bad take. Now, how do I feel about Mike Brandt? That's a complicated issue. Um. Uh. I feel like sometimes some of the things that people bring up aren't like uh, aren't viewed in a favorable light, especially when they're backed up by statistics. Although I will say it seems like that's maybe changing as time goes on. Because it feels like maybe they're making some of these changes based on like statistics that are that are uh, uh, that are reported uh, by tournament wins and that kind of stuff by people like Nathan, by people like formally by people like Peter, that kind of stuff. So um, I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that data deci- data driven decision making is the way that we move forward in the game and proceed with better balance. I agree with yeah. Danny. Yeah, Nathan, uh, what were your kind of thoughts on this? I, so, I can't wait oh my, for 40k to become like Eve Online and just be an Excel spreadsheet we discuss at a table. So there's definitely like two extremes. One is the straw man argument that John just tried to use about yes. 40k becoming a spreadsheet simulator. <laughs> um, but <laughs> what really I wanted to say most about this DACA post is that it is very representative of DACA, which is old, stodgy, and with <laughs> terrible opinions. All shouted very loudly from a point of some kind of assumed authority by being an old forum. Uh, I actually like that we're moving more towards using numbers and statistics to inform balanced decisions and also GW's approach of trying to leverage the competitive community and top performing players to help make some of those decisions. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing worse than hearing that GW never listens to playtesters, never listens to the competitive community, doesn't listen to anybody who does analysis, and instead starting to listen to some of those people. Although sometimes they listen to the wrong thing, which we all saw when Custodes came out and they immediately decided to buff them because a bunch of Custodes players complained before the rulebook was even out. Yeah, no, for sure. And I will say, I mean, this is the way to go. Uh, like, I, I love Halo deeply as a video game. Um, the, all of the best Halo games are designed for the legendary difficulty, and then they scale it down from there, from the different settings, making sure at the very hardest point, it's as balanced as it can be, because then it's easier to scale down. And I think 40k kind of works the same, where if you can balance it at the very top, it's going to be way better for, for people like me in the Necron tier, uh, and kind of the mid-tables as well. Um, <laughs> how, <laughs> we're going to move on here. Um, Forge World uh, seems to be moving to the main line, uh, which uh, which is bad, I guess. Uh, we have this, this slide here. Uh, Games Workshop just needed to quickly bu- add a bunch of old Forge World nits to the normal GW web store under a new expert level model kits category. One more nail in the coffin of For- Forge World, what? in my opinion. Do people not understand that Forge World and Games Workshop are basically the same company or something like that? <laughs> No, no, they don't. And Tyler, I apologize for all the coughing, but Jesus, blame Danny. Uh, blame Nathan. They make me laugh. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> how do you guys? Uh, truly, he was. How do you guys? Starting with Nathan here. Well, what's your view of the integration of Forge World into the main line and not being kind of the the separate thing? Cool. Like that makes sense. Don't have Forge World rules writers write anything ever again because they're like teenagers on angst. Um, 
And inevitably, you always see in every edition some Forge World model Volkite Dreads were one of the perpetrators in this edition. That is just way too good for its points costs. And instead, GW can write those rules. Although they did write this most recent compendium, so maybe that's just more on GW. But it can get better as GW integrates all of that into their main rules writing staff and main model production facilities. I assume that all the Forge World people are going to come along anyway, since Forge World is just an, a satellite company of Games Workshop, regardless of the situation. I don't know what difference it makes, honestly. I don't even know why yeah. people complain about it. Yeah, absolutely. Danny, uh, what's your take on this? I don't understand why people are so upset. I thought the people that wanted Forge World to go away were gone. Is that not true? Are they back again? Can we make them gone again? That would be fine. They are back again. It's true. Oh. I did, like, I think some of it comes from the part of when you order from Forge World, it's like, yeah, you're on the same plane, but ordering from Forge World, you're sitting in first class, you're not in coach. Even though it's like the same plane, you're going to the same place, you're going to the yeah. same destination, you get there at the same time. By moving kind of the first class seats back to the main cabin, you feel a little less special. Um, Are they or, like reducing or... the cost of it? I no. was thinking it's <laughs> it was like... like you were in coach and they moved you into the cargo area. Um, where you had to like assemble your own seat and seat belt um, in order to sit down and have a safe ride. Uh, and there's a big old gap between the seat belt ends. Yeah, you have to fill that in with your own buddy from home. <laughs> Hope you brought your arc welder with you. You're going to have to fix some yeah. stuff. Go all about it. Guys, we're going to round out tonight uh, with uh, what I hope is not a recurring segment, but what I'm very excited for. Uh, it's crime time. Uh, are you guys ready? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. you're ready. Yeah. What, what, John, what's crime time? Uh, with this slide here, we're going to see uh, the Raiders smash their way into a popular Warhammer workshop. Uh, this was in the UK. Uh, Warhammer store was broken into and smashed. Now I'm going to ask both of you guys here. Obviously, you're in America, so so you could be responsible for this. Uh, starting uh, with you, Nathan, if you're going to break into a games workshop, what are you taking? Do they stock Forge World products? Is this a Warhammer World, or is this just like a regular Warhammer store? You know, you you inform yourself. You just you okay. let me know. If it's just a regular Warhammer store, right now I'm just taking every single Tyranid box that's up and like just shoving it into a bag, along with every Night box too. Yeah. Danny, well, what are you taking from, from a GW? Well, John, from personal experience of the two local shops that we have that had cars sure. run into them through the front doors and products stolen out of them. Um, <laughs> Too real, uh, Danny. Too real, Danny. I would take a bunch of magic cards. Oh, that's, that's a yeah. much better answer. That's much better. Uh, yeah. Uh, from uh, an actual literal corporate Warhammer store. <laughs> Daddy, I want to again thank you for playing along with the bits and really improving uh, on what I put here. <laughs> it makes me feel wonderful uh, every time. Uh, I well, love you, John. And you're let's let's expand on this story here and thank you nathan i'm not going to ignore that i'm going to clip that and keep that forever um we're going to say here cleveland police were called to the incident and a crime scene investigation team has been at the games workshop throughout the day searching the property uh shop manager graham pucifer says the cctv appears to show three suspects dressed in black break into the shop at around 6 a.m so starting with Danny here three people make their way in how much do you think they make it out of there with Oh, well, are they normal, like, basement dwellers? Or are we talking, like, uh, non-Warhammer players? So so much like a good mystery, we, we, we increase the information as the slides increase. All right, so I'll just do, I'll just go with yes and. Uh, and we'll just, we'll pretend that these guys are uh, all normal-sized Games Workshop players, so over six foot. Um, they've got big <laughs> arms. Uh, they can take just piles of loot. We're talking uh, in the thousands. And just one more clarification. This happened yeah. in Cleveland in the UK. I'm unfamiliar with Cleveland. Is that a place? Yeah, uh, Cleveland Police. Well, it's Teesside Live was the source on this, which Teesside is a place in northern England. Uh, but, of course, like many things in America, they've co-opted a lot of English things. I didn't do a lot of fact-checking on thousands, this. Thousands, you know, John. Thousands I'm going to be honest with you. Warhammer kits. Uh, made it uh, from that store into uh, a Nissan Altima 
and uh, were quickly <laughs> driven out and uh, sold on the black market. Who knows? Maybe even to the Chinese for recasting. You can only imagine. You can only, yeah. <laughs> so I love your theory that the people who broke into the store and stole stuff were Chinese recasters who wanted to steal the kits <laughs> to create molds to sell. That's <laughs> That's a really extreme love love of the game there. Uh, Nathan, what's what's your head fiction of, of why this crime took place? <laughs> I'm actually going to assume like some no-knock raids in the United States. They just hit the wrong store, and they meant to hit the store a block <laughs> away. <laughs> the jewelry store that was down the street. Bunch really. Of really confused people why Games Workshop doesn't have any PlayStation 5s in it. They broke in. They were really confused. They just grabbed maybe like a handful of stuff because they didn't know what else to do because they were already there. They saw a gaming store and they thought video games and DVDs and like, you know, they uh... they actually thought magic cards. They were like, oh, oh yeah, we can get some magic cards. And then they busted in and they're like, oh, no, the magic card store is the next door. Oh, what is this? Model kits? <laughs> well, uh, one more layer of information here. Uh, uh, this is an interview with the manager of the store. Uh, they have smashed through the door. They've taken a lot of random items. It doesn't look like they've known uh, what they are looking for. They're probably just looking for items to sell on. They were probably in the shop for about five minutes before they escaped uh, through the back. So with this information, guys, uh, starting with Nathan here. And Danny, I swear to God, if you do like Price is Right uh, plays on this, I will just just be very sad. What is the dollar amount that these people escaped with? Can can I do the prices right? Dollar oh yeah, Danny, you go first because I know can what I you're going to do. <laughs> Danny, go. Well, how much did they one escape dollar. with? One dollar. So if we <laughs> guess if we guess over, then we lose. Is what I'm understanding from this. Yeah. So I'm going to guess one point two dollars. Oh Jesus! Oh. And what I'm going to say though is that they're going to have thrown most of the kits into the dumpster out back once they realize that they have stolen <laughs> gaming models this and not magic cards. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it turns out that the three sp suspects are believed to have forced their way into the workshop early on Sunday morning, uh, made off with around 500 pounds uh, worth of oh. products between three people. Uh, so yeah, of course, Nathan, closest without going over. Um <laughs> Damn you. Well, worth of predominantly new and unopened items from the shop, which is popular among gamers. Which, if you think about it, and I'm no statistician, I don't know the math, but $500 divided by three people means they're left with like one box and a pot of paint each. Maybe they just wanted to start a new army. They, <laughs> they left with a start collecting box and a yeah. start painting set. And, yeah, and a start painting set. Is that like one, maybe two of the new Chaos Knight boxes at most? It's. Well, see, and get the shield counter ready here. If you were to buy from Chaos Nightbox from Frontline Gaming, uh, then you could actually get two and have enough left over to buy the Imperial Knight Codex, which is also up for pre-order, uh, and, and have some good change. I'm just saying. That, that was my favorite story of this week, that three grown men uh, broke into a games workshop and were only able to steal 500 pounds worth of stuff, which, uh, as Nathan quite rightly pointed out, is like, a third of an army, maybe a kill yeah. team. I didn't know models weighed so much now. I, I was going to say these are the other kind of basement dweller. You assumed they were the six foot tall kind. I'm assuming they're the five foot seven kind who got. Oh, so they just couldn't attack. reach the expansive boxes on the top shelf? Well, I assumed they had an asthma attack halfway through getting to the alley and couldn't get enough <laughs> That's boxes. Fair. It is personally. pretty dusty in those stores. I was thinking the BO was clogging all everything. It was just Paul Winters and his electric vehicle told him he needed to charge, so he had to leave, like, instantly there. Oh, least successful robbery of all time. you got to love it. Uh, Nathan, thank you so much for coming on tonight. That's it. It's done. We didn't ask you complicated stack questions or any kind of informative fun things for our audience. Uh, but go ahead, plug your stuff. Let, let people know where to find you. Sure. So you can see me every Tuesday on the Best in Tabletop Network, where I I, Ennis, and Anthony Vanella host 40K Fight Club, where we go over the meta from the last week and go through all the stats in excruciating detail, which we fortunately did not need to do tonight. I actually also want to thank Danny and John. I love watching this show every week, and I like being on it. And also, I like watching Mob Rules, and I wish it would come back. Oh. Why have you abandoned me? Oh, well, Danny, 
a fun <laughs> thing called school. And I uh, pretend that my school is just as intense, but it's really not. Uh, and I need to stop caring as much. <laughs> Amazing. Well, next week, Danny and I will be back. Same FLGN time, sort of. Uh, and the same FLGN channel, uh, if we still have a job. Uh, but I think we shield enough tonight, Danny, right? Yeah. Uh, I got a call from Reese. Uh, he says that uh, your dogs are now okay, and uh, he'll oh. be shipping them up to you, back up to you on the next plane. Uh, only one of them has lost a paw. And that was just because Seth was looking after it during the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> Seth got bored and wanted to practice his amputation skills, and you know. Oh, land. boy. Um, but we're going to be back next week with FLG writer uh, Dan Mayer. Uh, but don't worry, it's still going to be pretty grim after dark. Bye bye. That was it. That was the cue. We're good. <laughs> Just keep, keep it as awkward as possible. <laughs> <laughs>